0: Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message by Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. If you have your Bible, um, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll get there in just a second. Uh, We've been uh, on a series called Unshakable, and this morning we're going to wrap up that series with a message called The Unshakable Word of God. Both the written Word of God and the spoken Word of God are are unshakable. We're going to look at several scriptures that show that God's word is part of his unshakable kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, and then at the importance of both hearing his word and standing on his word. In Hebrews chapter 12, uh, we're going to start out by taking a quick look at the foundational verses that we've been looking at each week that show us uh, the unshakable nature of the kingdom of heaven. So starting in Chapter 12, verse 26, and if you don't have your Bible, you can read along the screen. It says, now he has promised, and it's referring to God the Father. He has promised, yet once more I will shake, not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Everything in heaven and on earth will be shaken to remove everything that is not eternal, everything that is not unshakable. Only the unshakable, God says, only the unshakable will remain and the kingdom of God and everything that is part of the kingdom of God is the only thing that's going to remain in Luke chapter six, verse 46. Jesus shared a parable, and we've looked at this as well each week, and we're going to look once again at it this morning in verse 46. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you to do? Everyone who comes to me. And hears my words and does them. I will show you what he is like. He's like a man who builds a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose and the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So we've looked at this parable each week during this series, and as we look at the other scriptures that reveal the unshakable word of God this morning, we need to remember Jesus' words here in this parable. He said, those that come to him... That hear his voice and actually do the things that he instructed us to do is like a man who digs deep until he finds the foundation, the rock. Jesus Christ himself and lays down his post, the, the foundations of the house on that rock and his house cannot be shaken when he's on that foundation. And we're focusing this morning on his unshakable word. And Jesus referred to his unshakable word in this parable. He said, if you hear my words and do them, you will not be shaken. And the process of coming to Jesus and hearing his voice and doing what he says is the process of digging deep and laying that foundation of our life. The foundation of our eternity on the solid rock. The foundation of the kingdom that cannot be shaken. So let's take a look at the unshakable word of God this morning. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Jesus uh, is speaking again and he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. His words will never pass away. They will never be shaken. And we just read in Hebrews chapter 12 that everything in heaven and on earth will be shaken. And only the kingdom of God will remain. The unshakable kingdom of God will remain. And Jesus says here in Matthew, my words are never going to pass away. My words are unshakable. My words are part of the kingdom of heaven that's going to remain. In John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5, uh, John, uh, the writer of that gospel It's one of my favorite scriptures, the start of John. It's just so eloquent and clear. But John says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, not anything was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And we jump to verse 14 and the word became flesh. The word of God, Jesus Christ himself became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The word Jesus Christ was in the beginning He was with God and he was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is literally the word of God. He was, is, and always will be unshakable. He's part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven that's unshakable. And we can stand on that word, that foundation, if we come to him. Hear his voice and do what he says. Then we're like the wise man who dug deep until he found the rock, the rock of Jesus Christ, the word of God incarnate in flesh who came to die for us, to forgive us, to redeem us. And then he says he's in us, dwells within us. The word of God himself dwells in us to be that rock and that foundation that we will not and don't have to be shaken The word of God is unshakable. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10, we see that Jesus isn't just the word. He is that foundation, the rock. The apostle Paul wrote, according to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is that foundation. And he says, if you come to me, if you hear my word, if you respond and do it, you're finding that bedrock. You're finding that unshakable foundation that always has been, is, and always will be. And eternity literally comes to dwell within us, within our spirits, that we can be part of that unshakable kingdom to be with him forever. We've seen clearly that not only is the word of God unshakable, Jesus Christ was the manifest presence of God's word literally dwelling with us. And now that we have this understanding, let's take a look at both the importance of hearing the word of God and standing on it and doing what he calls us to do. Another way to say this would be actually believing the word of God. Or having faith in what he says. Because when we know we have heard the voice of God for us, we have the opportunity to stand on it and not to be shaken. And I use that word opportunity because just because we have the opportunity not to be shaken, that doesn't mean that we won't be shaken. But it doesn't mean that the word of God is unshakable. There's countless examples throughout the Bible of God speaking his word and speaking his word clearly. And there's no question that the individuals heard the voice of God, the word of God, the unshakable, eternal word of God. Yet they had doubt and fear and questions and were shaken. And we're going to look at two examples of that this morning. The first is going to be Moses and the second is the man Gideon. But the thing that I think is beautiful in these stories is that while they were shaken, while they had doubt, God did exactly what he said he was going to do. He accomplished his word because his word is not shakable. His word is eternal. His word, Jesus said, is going to come to pass. Not one word will pass away. Not one word goes out that God speaks that comes back void. It always accomplishes what he sent it to do, whether we believe it or not, whether we agree with it or not. His word is going to come to pass and we can have that faith and that confidence in that word. So this morning we're going to look at these things. And what I want us to look at here and focus on is that when we've heard the voice of God, his unshakable word. And we struggle to receive it. We struggle to believe it. That our biggest battle and our biggest struggle is often in our own mind. And it's our own inadequacies. And it's because we think we know who we are. We think we know what we're capable of. But God's word comes and speaks to us a different word. And tells us who he is in us and who we are in him. And we don't want to believe it. Or We're incapable of believing it. And that was what Moses and Gideon struggled with. And we're going to see that very clearly. So let's take a look at Moses in Exodus chapter three. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, it'll be up here on the screen. God has appeared to Moses. Many of you may know this story. If you don't, I'll just give you the backdrop. There's a burning bush, and Moses has fled Egypt. He ran away uh, from the people that he was supposed to deliver. He's out in the wilderness. He sees a burning bush. He goes to it, and God starts having a conversation with him. And this is where we're going to pick up in the middle of this conversation. And God tells Moses, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So God's just clearly saying, I'm going to send you to Egypt and you're going to bring my people out. God's spoken. It's a fact. It's a done deal. He's going to do what he said he was going to do. And he said he's going to do it by using Moses. Well, let's look at what Moses has to say. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He's saying, God, you found the wrong person. You don't know who I am. You don't know my inadequacies. You don't know that I'm not capable of doing what you just asked me to do. And God said, but I will be with you, Moses. I'm going to be with you. You're not going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm just calling you to come with me to do it. And he's saying, I will be with you, Moses, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. If Moses had have believed the word of God, this story, this part of the story, this conversation could have ended right there. He could have said, God, you told me. You spoke your word. You said, I'm going to deliver the, the people of Israel out of Egypt. And I believe you. And you said, the one sign is going to be that we're going to come back here and we're going to worship at this mountain. That's enough for me, God. Let's go. But that's not how what happened. Moses has some more to, to say to, to the father. Verse 13, it says, Then Moses said to God, But what if I go to these people and they say to me, the God of and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What's his name? What will I tell them? What's your name? And God said, tell them I am who I am. And he said, say to this people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So Moses is like, I don't even know what to tell Tell them your name is if they ask. What do I do then? And so God says, well, tell them, tell them this. The conversation doesn't end there. In verse uh, 1 of chapter 4, it says, then Moses answered God, but behold, they won't believe me. They're not going to listen to my voice. They're going to tell me the Lord didn't appear to you. And so at this point, God says, "Okay, I'll give you signs. And he walks them through different things like you're going to throw down your staff and it's going to turn into a snake or you're going to put your hand in your coat. When you take it out, it's going to be leprous. And he goes through all these miraculous signs and wonders and shows Moses. He literally does it right then and there. And it's still not enough for Moses. His response is, but Lord, oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. Either past in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. Listen to that. He's saying, I've never been eloquent. And even now, in this moment that you're speaking to me, I'm still not eloquent. You didn't change that fact. I still don't have the words to say, Lord. Even now, I'm not eloquent. God didn't ask him if he was eloquent, did he? (laughs) But then God says, his response is, don't worry, Moses, I'm going to give you every word to say. I will give you the words to say. All you have to do is repeat it. (laughs) Just repeat after me. Trust me, it's going to be okay. But, he says in verse 13, and this is the last one, and he finally gets really honest. Oh, my Lord, please just send somebody else. There's a lot of people. Just go find someone else. How often has God asked us to do something? And we know we've heard his voice. We know we've heard what he told us to do. And we just don't want to believe it. We want to believe who we think we are. Who we know we are. We believe the lies that the enemy has told us. Obviously, the enemy had told Moses his whole life. You can't talk. You're not a speaker. You're not eloquent. And Moses had bought hook, line, and sinker every lie. And he's arguing with God. He's like, I'm not your man. But God's saying, I've spoken. I've given my word. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you the words to say. I'm going to be right there. I'm going to give you miracles. I'm going to do all of these things. And even in that moment, there's no question that Moses was hearing the voice of God and he still was doing exactly what we do. Arguing with God and saying, no, I just don't believe it. I don't believe you're really going to be there with me. I really don't believe you're capable. I really don't think you're going to come through. I just don't believe you. Because if he did, he would have gone out and done it. But God's word is unshakable. His word does not come back void. Jesus said, every word that I speak, not a single one is going to pass away. And in Moses's doubt, in his inadequacy, God accomplished everything that he said he was going to accomplish. Even though he gets upset, upset at Moses. And it says the anger of the Lord at that moment was kindled against Moses. And I think Moses finally got it that. Maybe I just need to, you know, I don't think he didn't get it that he was believing it. He got it that it was time to shut up. Like, I'm going to stop arguing with, I, I think he's getting a little upset with my doubt. And God says, it's fine, Moses. I'm, Aaron is on his way. You don't even, all you got to do is tell Aaron what I tell you. And Aaron's going to speak for you. And Aaron's going to throw the stick down. And Aaron's going to do everything, but I'm going to still do it through you because that's what I said I was going to do. And the interesting thing, and and God called Moses a deliverer. He said, I am going to deliver my people through Moses. And that happened. And God had an answer to every question, every fear, every inadequacy that Moses presented and told him that he was going to take care of it all. He was the architect. He was the builder. He was going to go with him. He was going to accomplish it. But Moses would not receive the word of God. And Moses ends up being one of the most respected leaders and patriarchs in all of Israel's history. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Because he was a man of virtually no faith and doubt. But he did finally do what God called and God did what he said he was going to do through Moses. And the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees would later argue with Jesus about the law of Moses, and that they were children of Moses, and that uh, and Jesus said, "No, you're not children of Moses. You're children of the devil." But he got in. He he still attained that level of respect because eventually he did what God said, and God did exactly what he said he was going to do, exactly the way he said he was going to do it. And the children of Israel were delivered, not because of Moses' faith or his obedience, but because God's word is unshakable. He's going to accomplish it. Every single word that he has spoken is going to be done, and it's going to be done exactly the way he said it would, in the timing that he's planned and set before the foundations of the world, and not one single word that's come out of his mouth is going to pass away, because that's the power of his word. And that's why earlier I said the opportunity or the word opportunity is so key. We have the opportunity to dig deep, find that word, hear that word and stand on it and stand on it with faith and confidence and believe it and not let any of the other things around us or our fears or our doubts or our inadequacies affect us or shake us. But we also have the opportunity to do just like Moses and say, well, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to mess it up the whole way. And I'm going to doubt the whole way. I'm going to be afraid the whole way. And God says, either way it's fine with me. It's going to happen. I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. But at least we could be in a whole lot better state if we just trusted him and believed the word that he's spoken. What I hope that we hear and receive through the power of the Holy Spirit this morning is faith and assurance in the word of God that we will believe it and stand on it no matter what, then that we won't be shaken because we know his word is unshakable. I'm going to share some personal examples and a word even uh, given for for new covenant here in a little bit. But before we do, I want to take a look at Gideon real quick as well. Uh, this is this story is found in Judges chapter six, verse 11. You can turn there in your Bible or it'll be up on the screen. It says Now. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abezerite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. So wine press was you know, maybe about this tall and they would put the grapes in it and stomp them and that's how they would make their wine. Well, Gideon was so scared of the enemy that he'd climbed and hidden in that so that nobody could see him. They would just see the wine press and he's in there sifting his wheat because he's a coward and he's fearful and he's afraid of the enemy and so he's just trying to get enough to eat. And in that state... It says the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. So what did Gideon think about himself? And we're going to read a little bit more here in a second, but he sure didn't think he was a mighty man of valor. He was inadequate. He was weak. He was obviously fearful. You wouldn't even call him brave. But here the angel of the Lord comes and says, the Lord is with you. O oh, mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord was with us, why then has all this happened to us? Why, why are there so many problems if he's with us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us? And I love that statement because what he's saying is, where's all the stuff you did for that guy, Moses, that didn't believe you? Remember that guy that doubted you and had no faith, you know, and you did all these. But really, he's not thinking about it that way. He's saying, you know, you did all these miracles and you saved them and you parted the sea and you did, you know, brought us out of Egypt. You did all these wonderful things. Where is that God? And that God was with a man who had no faith, didn't believe God was what he was going to do, didn't believe he was the man God called him to be or had the abilities God called him that he gave him to have. And he's saying I'm right here talking to a man just like Moses who has no face, who doesn't know who he is, who I created him to be, what I've gifted him with and that I'm with him and that he's a mighty man of valor right now being called to do something that I spoke beforehand that was going to happen, that I would defeat the enemies, defeat the people in this land and my people would be that example and God would get all the glory. Because they followed him and heard his word and did what he said for them to do. So he goes on to say, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? He's talking about Moses. But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. He's saying we've been abandoned. God doesn't even know we're here anymore. This after God already told him, you are a mighty man of valor. I'm going to use you to deliver the people. Again, just like the word with Moses, he could have stopped right there, hopped up and said, yes, let's go. But instead, he's like, yeah, "Uh <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And it says the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. It's like, what might of mine? this might of yours, and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. God's saying, I'm sending you, mighty man of valor. I will be with you, and we're going to deliver the children of Israel. And Gideon's response, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. He's like, I'm the least of the least. He'd heard that somewhere before, and he believed it. He believed in his inadequacies, that he wasn't enough, that even God was not enough to do the work that he was saying he was going to do, that he was the man that God was saying he was. He didn't believe it. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man God said Gideon you are a man of valor that's who I created you to be and I will be with you and if you know the story uh, and if not you can read it later in Judges 3 but if not Gideon just like Moses goes on and on and on with test after test to say God I still don't I just don't believe you I don't think you're really going to do it and God says over and over and over Gideon I'm going to do it I said I would my word's unshakable. Not one word that I speak is going to pass away. When I speak, I will do it. And I will be with you. Over and over in these stories and all the other stories throughout the Bible, God says over and over, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Our only response is to trust him. To believe his word, Jesus said, Those who come to me, hear my voice and do them are going to be like a man who digs deep and finds the foundation of Jesus Christ, the rock that cannot be shaken. And we can stand on the word of God and know and trust and believe that it will come to pass exactly like he said it would. And we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to have fear. We can know that we know that we know every word he said will be accomplished because he said he would do it. And he's going to be with us in the process. Just like Moses, Gideon refuses to believe the word of God. He was terrified. He was hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat so he wouldn't be seen by the enemies. In his own strength, in his own sight, he was a coward. But God sent an angel to say, you are a mighty man Of valor. That was God's word. That was the unshakable word. That was the truth of who he was in Christ Jesus. And just like Moses, he countered the word of God over and over. But just like Moses, none of that changed God's word. He accomplished it and he used Gideon to deliver the children of Israel just like he said he would. The word of God is sure. The word of God is true. The word of God is unshakable. Whether or not we believe it, it's going to come to pass. Just like Jesus said, everything on heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, not one word will ever pass away because it's unshakable. I want to take a moment this morning and share some personal testimonies regarding God's spoken word. You know, we've talked about the written word and the spoken word both. And God's written word now, what we're reading about Moses and Gideon, was God's spoken word at that time. And God still speaks today. And I want us just to look at some real examples and how his word is still unshakable and that any word that he gives to us in the same way, they're just as real, they're just as true, they're just as unshakable. So the the first word that I want to share is, uh, and I've shared this before, but I'll, I'll give a real paraphrased example uh My call to ministry, God spoke to me when I was 13 years old and and called me to ministry. And I knew I was going to be a pastor one day. And that word, although it came when I was 13 and I believed it and knew that it was going to happen, it took almost 25 years before it came to fruition. And I wish I could say that I stood on the word of God and I heard it and I knew it and I never doubted it. And I went on my confident way. But I was a Gideon and a Moses over and over and over, I questioned and doubted and was like, Lord, if you really said that, if that was really was what was supposed to happen, it was supposed to happen sooner. It was going to look like I thought it was supposed to look when I thought it was supposed to happen. And it didn't look like I thought it was going to look like, and it didn't happen when I thought it was going to happen. And I had, I had plenty of times that I thought it should happen over those 25 years. And You know, lots of great opportunities that God could have used. And he didn't pick any of them. And I was just over and over like, Lord, what's the deal? You know, why is this still not happening? I don't understand. I don't get it. And I would question whether it was even his word. Or if it was his word, maybe I'd done something that made it invalid. And it may have been true for a time, but it's not true anymore. It's not going to happen. Well, 25 years into it. He finally accomplished what he said he was going to accomplish when I was 13 years old. And it's easy now on this side of it. I can say, yeah, he said it. He promised it. He did it. But I'm honest enough to know that I I didn't stand confidently. I went up and down on an emotional roller coaster of saying, God, this just doesn't make sense. It doesn't look like you're going to do what you said you were going to do. And over and over and over, he reassured, reassured me and would speak to me again and say, no. My word is true. That is what I said. You haven't blown it. It's going to come to pass. But guess what? He never told me when. He never said when it was going to come about. He didn't. And literally, it was in an instant. Every move that God made throughout my life has been with a phone call. And I would just get a phone call, and it would be a total transition. And the same thing when we came here. I got a phone call out of the blue. And I had resigned myself to, like, like, I finally got to a place where I said, God, I don't know when, how, what. Who, whatever, I'm going to serve you every day, whatever it is, wherever I am. And and I was just going along in that state, but I did still believe. I was like, okay, some point, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. I'm just going to be faithful where you've put me. And then the phone rings and it says, hey, you want to interview for a job in let him Passus? And I said, Lamb, what? <laughs> and he said, Lamb this, And I was like, excuse me. And I, he literally had to say it like three or four times, and I was like, okay. I was like, where's that? And he's like, well, you know where Austin is? I was like, yeah. He's like, it's near Austin. I was like, okay. But God did exactly what he said he was going to do. Exactly when he planned on doing it. But I didn't know. And I could have gone through that process so much easier, so much better. With so much less anxiety and fear. My wife and kids would have had such a more pleasant life than hearing me complain or be upset or you know, just at odds with what God was doing. But God's God was faithful and he accomplished his word. Candy, uh she shared two stories with me as we were talking through this, and I just want to share those real quick. One was and I'd forgotten about this one, early on in our marriage, um God had spoken to me to stop. School. I was in college, and she'd already graduated. And and his timing is wonderful, right? We all know God's timing is exactly what we look for. Um, so I had I was in a new semester. The date had come it had just passed where you could get any refund on your tuition for that semester. So we weren't getting any money back. And God says, "Stop school. You need to stop going to class." And I'm okay, so I tell Candy. And she's like, uh-uh. <laughs> "You're not stopping school. When are we going to lose the money? You need a degree. This is our security, you know." And she had this fear that if he doesn't get this degree, we're going to be poor the rest of our lives. Where's our security? Where's our safety? And so she was just overcome in fear. And um I still felt like that was really what God was saying. And we walked through that. There's there's only been like two instances in our marriage where she wasn't totally on board yet with what. I felt we were supposed to do and we couldn't come to an agreement, but I was like, I really believe God is saying this. The other one was, was coming to, to land past us. Um, and so, and she did, I mean, she was in a, in agreement, but she was like, all she could say is I don't hear God saying no, but she, nothing in her wanted to come. Um, and, and so, and I'll share a little bit more of that in a second. But, um, so, and I shared this in the first service when she was here. (laughs) This isn't a special one because Candy's not in the room. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so we we go through that process and I stopped going to the classes. And uh, God spoke to her and said, is your faith and trust in him getting a degree or in me? Am I your provider? Now, what I'll say in both this story and the next one, Candy's far better Than I am when she's heard the word of God and immediately accepting it and believing it in that moment and she used the word She was like my perspective totally changed and I never worried about it or feared about it again And I knew that was what God said to do and we were in exactly what we were supposed to do and he'd said it So it was good and she never worried about it again And he's been our provider not not any degree or paper or anything else God is our provider and she had no once she'd heard the word of God. She was good and she never questioned it again. Again, like I said, my, my testimony is, no, I go up and down. <laughs> I'll, I'll qu- I'm a Moses and Gideon. Um, she just she just accepts it. It's so the same thing. When we came here um, uh, to come when God called us here, she just didn't. She wasn't hearing it. And I told Pastor Daryl, in the first uh, year or so, we talked about it a lot, and and I say that it took two years. Candy says it was a year (laughs) before she came around, and I said, well, maybe it just feels like two years, or it felt like two years. Um, But she she struggled. She really did. It was very difficult. It was also difficult for the kids, but they, they got past it and really got into the to the town and friends and community a lot faster than she did. But for her, it took her a long time. And the conversation that I would have with Daryl, and I said this last week, y'all can't live on a word from Chris. You can't live on a word from Daryl. You can't live on a word from from each other or your husband or your wife or your friend. You have to have a word from God. That's the only thing that you can stand on. And there was nothing that I could say, nothing that I could do that I could convince Candy that we were in the right place, that God had called us, that I'd heard his word. I had heard his word. She had to hear his word for herself. And I would tell I had lots of conversations, lots of animated conversations with God during that period. And I was like, great, God, it's great that you brought us here and lots of good things are happening. Can you tell Candy? please tell her so we're on the same page but there was a process that he was taking her through and doing a work in her for a reason and then the day came that he literally just spoke the word and said yeah i brought you here this is where you're supposed to be and again just like the other her perspective changed and in a moment she's like i'm good this is God. I heard the word of God for me, that this is what he had for us. This is what he spoke to us and never questioned, never doubted it again after after he spoke to her that day. And again, like I said, she's, she's better than, at, that, at that than I am because when something else got hard or difficult, I might question it again. and be like, Oh, is this really you, God? Would it have gone this way if this is what you were leading us to? But when you've heard that word, and remember, it's just the opportunity to stand on that foundation. It's our choice. God's going to do it anyway. He's going to accomplish what he said he was going to do. It's going to happen because he's faithful and he will never let his word pass away. But it's our opportunity to have faith in that and believe in that. And like I said, Candy's wonderful. When she hears that word, she takes the opportunity and is like, OK, I'm good. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to fear any longer. I'm going to have confidence. But in each one of those, there was a time period where the word hadn 't come to pass, that you just have to believe mine for ministry was twenty five years there 's another word, and this will be the final one that I share there was three words, one that was given to me as a, a kid, one that was given to Pastor Daryl a little over thirty years ago before they came to Lampastas, and then one that was given to candy when we went to israel and we 've shared that word before, but all three of these words uh, fit together. And this Word hasn't come to pass. And I want to share this just as an example of God's Word that we don't believe it's any less true, any less real. It is it is God's Word and it's going to come to pass exactly like He said He would. We just don't know how or when. It could be five years. It could be 25. It could be 50. We don't know. All we know is He said it and He's going to do it. And we're going to have faith in it and believe it. And so when when I my... It's not as quite as clear like when I was 13 and he gave me the word of going to the ministry. But somewhere around, probably 14, 15 years old, God spoke a word to me and he said, I'm going to do church in a new way. And he said it's going to be totally different than anything that we've known or experienced. And he said, I'm going to do it. That's one clear thing. It wasn't that there was something special about me or anything like that. He just said, I'm going to do church in a new way. He was just sharing this word with me about what he was going to do. And I was like, Well that's fantastic. I was like, What is it? He's never told me. <laughs> I don't I have no idea what it's gonna look like, but I believe God's gonna do something in a new way that we've never seen before. And Pastor Darrell and Connie, before they came to Lampassus, when they were coming, in that process, he gave them a word from Isaiah forty three, nineteen that says, Behold, I am doing a new thing, and now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And about the first year that I was here, Pastor Daryl and I were talking and I was telling him about that testimony about, I was like, I don't know, a long time ago, God told me he was going to do things in a new way. I was like, I have no idea what that means, but I still believe, you know, sometime in my life I'm going to see God doing church in a new way. And Pastor Daryl kind of his eyes lit up. He was like, God told me the same thing when I came here. He said, I'm going to do a new thing and it's going to spring forth. And he said, and again, he's going to do it. And the key there that Daryl uh, and Connie keyed on was it's going to spring forth. Like it's not anything that's going to be built up or the song plan. God's just going to do a new thing. and It's going to spring forth. And uh, so, you know, we were excited about that. But then he said the same thing that I have. I haven't seen it yet. He said, I've always been looking and he's done lots of great things. And he's done so many things through the ministry of New Covenant Church. But I've never seen that. I know we haven't seen that new thing. And But he said he was going to do it. And he's faithful and his word is true. So it's going to come to pass or he wouldn't have said it. And then uh, when Candy and I went to Israel, we were in the Garden of Gethsemane and she was praying and praying for the church and our family. And God gave her several words. And this is the word that she got in the garden for the church. It says, this is a church of healing. People come here and they are healed physically, emotionally and mentally. We as a church need to not be afraid or of, of it, but embrace it because a flood is coming a flood of people who are going to need Jesus in this small little town. He says to be faithful and pray because people are going to need him. He needs the warriors in this church to be his hands and feet. You're warriors. God has called you warriors to be his hands and feet. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. He's saying you're mighty men and women of valor called to do war on his behalf. That's the word from the Lord. And we can believe that and count on it and stand on it. And then she said, I also felt how much he loves the church. He has an overwhelming love for this church. And she, this is the word that ties with the other two. I just shared says new covenant is the beginning of the vision of what he wants a church to be like. Continue to seek him for he desires more with you. The beginning of a new vision. And again, We don't even know what that looks like. No clue. All we know is that we've heard the voice of God. God spoke to me. God spoke to Daryl. God spoke to Candy. There's other words, prophetic words that have been spoken over the church that line up with those as well. The point is he speaks today. And he speaks to you. And he's spoken words over your life. Whether you've heard them or not. And as we close this morning, I want you to think Some of you know you've heard God speak throughout your life. And he's spoken words that haven't been accomplished yet. But you know it was his voice. But you might be like I was. And you thought, I did something that blew it. Yeah, he did say that. He was going to do that. He was going to use me that way. But I messed it up. And so he's not going to do it anymore. That's a lie from the enemy. God's word does not come back void. Not one thing he spoke is not going to be done. If he spoke that word to you, he is going to accomplish it. In Philippians, one of my favorite verses is that he started a good work in you and he's going to bring it to completion. He's with you. He will go with you and will be with you in the word that he spoke over you. He's going to do it. And you have the opportunity to believe it in faith and walk with him in it or fear and doubt and anguish like I did over and over. The good news is he's going to do it anyway because he said he would. And the second group would be, maybe you think I haven't ever heard his voice or I've never come to him. Well, you have that opportunity this morning. The Bible says that all you have to do is believe. In Acts, it says that there were thousands. They heard the word, they believed, and they were added to the congregation. If you've heard the word of God this morning, read and spoken and believed it, The law says you're saved. It's believing in Christ, the word of God. And we come to him. And now you're with him in eternity, forever. And the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you and you can hear his voice. And so if you've never heard that voice, I would just say pray and ask God. Say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what you're calling me to do. What am I supposed to do for you? And Jesus said, come to me, hear my voice, and then do it. And let's take the opportunity to do it with faith and confidence because his word is unshakable. It's eternal and it's never going to pass away. Before we pray, I just want to read this last scripture over you. It's 2 Thessalonians 2.2. 2. It says, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing these words of encouragement. He says, don't be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. He said, Don't let your mind get in the way. Don't let your own thoughts of inadequacy get in the way. Don't let what other people say. Don't let those things alarm you. And then he says, either by spirit, don't let the enemy come and tell you that what God said is not true. Or by a spoken word, don't let anybody else come, whether it's your your spouse, your kids, a friend, and that maybe they mean well. Maybe they love you. But if they say something contradictory to the word that God has spoken to you, don't receive it and don't. Don't believe it and it says it doesn't matter if they speak it to you or write you a letter throw it away because god's word is going to pass don't be alarmed he's going to do what he said he was going to do have faith and believe it and he's going to accomplish everything that he said he was going to and he's going to do a new thing and we're going to give him all the praise glory and honor And that's all we do is come every week to say, we want to hear you, know you, and follow you, and do what you tell us to do, Lord. We're going to respond to you in each and every place, every area of our life, whether it's at work or home or anything. And he's going to do it, and he's going to be with you, and you can do it in confidence. Will you bow your head and pray with me? Dear Holy Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your unshakable word. Lord, in John it said it was here from the very beginning with Jesus Christ. He was with you before anything was made. And he was with you when everything was made. And he came and dwelt with us. Your word took on physical form in the shape of Jesus Christ himself and dwelt with us. And we have the opportunity to have him in us. And your word says that he's in us and He's in you, and we're in him. We're inseparable. When we believe your word, we become part of your unshakable kingdom, the unshakable kingdom of heaven that will never pass away. Father, I pray right now that every word that you've ever spoken to anyone in this room right now, Lord, that you would remind them of that word and reconfirm that word and that they would have confidence in that word that you spoke and know that not only are you going to do it, you're going to be with them in the process. And Father, I pray if there's those here that have never heard your word, that this morning their ears would be open to hear your voice and they would hear you speak, even if it's for the first time. But they would have confidence and faith that you're going to accomplish the word that you've spoken. They're mighty men and women of valor, warriors for the kingdom of heaven. The enemy can't touch them. Father, let us have the faith to believe in your word and stand on the foundation of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlandpasses.com.